Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, coming to you this uh, Christmas break. I know we're not in school anymore, but I still consider this Christmas break, that like week in between Christmas and New Year's. My kids are home. I don't know. Are you doing any work this week, TJ? Um, I am actually working tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, and Thursday. But yeah, it's it's a pretty easy week for me too. Like we're not hiring anybody. So I work in recruiting. We're not hiring anybody that, through the end of the year. Right. It's all kind of like gearing up for next year. So I have like some administrative stuff right. that I need to kind of get done. But I mean, there's a lot of football on this week. Hopefully we'll talk about cancellations here in just a moment. But um, yeah, I'm not doing much. It's it's kind of a light week. How about you? I mean, you're not doing anything. You're just chilling with the kids. You guys partying. I, I saw you guys were at the pool today. You're, I mean, I'm sure you're going to Disney at some point this week. Just party all week in the Wilbur House. Don't no, think about my kids. Heck you're doing. no, I'm not. You got going a car. To, yeah, I am not going to Disney that can fit this my cars. week. You need to take my kids with you wherever you go. We need to go to the bounce house. That's what we should do. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of bounce house, we can house. do that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not <laughs> going to Disney. Um, how was your Christmas? Talk to me about Speaking like all the, house. yeah, I was gonna say that's a good transition, but let's talk about Christmas first. Well, some people get in here. Uh, if you're watching this, if you could share it, we'd appreciate it, but talk to us about your Christmas, what all went on, what your kids got and we'll go from there. Um, way too much crap. Of course. Um, <laughs> Santa was good. My kids were not. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Eric and I got them. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got electric guitars. Um, they're super excited about Aiden's dreams of starting a band. So she needed an electric guitar. Um, they got electric scooters, so they've been cruising up and down the street all day long. They're pretty pumped about those. And, you know, every LOL, Rainbow High, OMG, whatever, dolls, and they're all into that stuff. And um, they kept asking for a puppy, which I tried really hard to swing with um, Santa, but... Uh, he was more like the Grinch than Santa this year. So he said no to the <laughs> puppy. Um, but so, yeah, so we didn't do the puppy. Although I don't really know that I need another living thing to keep alive. So in all honesty, that was probably the better call. I was going to say you have six people that you're responsible for keeping alive in your house, including yourself. I, I don't know that uh, a dog needs to be added to that. We have talked about yeah. getting dogs for our kids and, um, we've, we've hit the reset button in our house on when a, uh, <coughs> well, yeah, cause you were going to get a dog so. or a kid and you got a kid and we just keep having right. kids. So we're trying kid to catch up to you. Right. But, uh, Allie, uh, off the record, Allie gave me some inside scoop the other day and she was like, Hey, I got a secret. If you can keep it, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, you're pregnant again. And she was like, Hell no, I'm not. So, uh, closed yeah. up shops closed for you guys. You're you're out of there. Uh, I mean, uh, I think four is a good number. I don't know. We'll see what six would be but... great though. Six would be awesome. Cause since you only move in 
pairs, like six would be great. I know. We only need things in pairs. But the thing is, is that Eric's <laughs> always like, well, if we get to six, we might as well get to eight so we can beat your parents. Oh, because yeah, my parents yeah, have seven close. kids. So I'm like, four is good. Four is probably good. Four is, four is enough. Yeah, I'm about to die with two and, and one brewing. So um, I don't know how four would happen or anything else. But yeah, Christmas is good. Um, my kid, Elena's just now at that age where like she she gets it more. You know, like the mm -hmm. little girls will like they're really close, but next year will be like amazing for yeah. them. Yeah. You know, they'll sure. understand what they're doing on rapid. So Elena's at that age now. She understands she she have I talked to you since then? She got in our bed at 1 a.m. the night of Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. She she came, you know, most mornings she comes like prancing in our room and jumps in the bed. Oh my god. She got in at 1 a.m. And I didn't realize what time it was until like the next day, but um yeah, it was 1 a.m. and she said, Mommy and Daddy, Santa left, Santa left some presents for me. And we were like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's go back to sleep. And when it's light outside, we'll go check it. And Kara told me the next day, yeah, that was 1 in the morning. So she was excited. We didn't let her open presents then. We waited till oh 7. And yeah. It was fun. Um, both of my kids were upset that yeah. our Elf on the Shelf was gone. They were both like, where's Clark? And we were like, my, ah, well, he's gone. My, yeah. yeah. They were like. Brian's yeah. still looking for mine. Cry like, every Clark. year. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Cute, the babies but... are like, We're Holly. We're Holly. Um, they are, you know, they're looking for elf always. Uh, they're, well, they're such an abrupt end. So, yeah, you, you like, I you, know you have him there, and then all of a sudden it's like, Boom, he's gone, or she's I gone. Know. I know. Have so, cry yeah. every year. It's just. I don't know. I always feel bad on Christmas Eve putting him to bed because they're crying because they know she's gone. Yeah. Speaking of abrupt ends, college football season is taking an abrupt end in a lot of places. Uh, we will start in Tampa where um, you guys' season ended um, last what, Thursday night. We went to um, Bush Gardens. We talked about doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you had taken your girls over there and a lot of fun. We, yeah. we, of course, had to go see Elmo and the gang and uh, enjoyed Christmas Town and had some hot chocolates and beignets and everything else. But uh, got home, watched the second half of you guys' game against UCF, and uh, not a great showing by UF. UF drops a game by, I think, 12, 29, 17. No. Uh, yeah, Emory right. Jones was just not very good. Um, I also didn't like the – game plan by Florida at all. I didn't like the the play calling. I, you know, I, I thought that uh, what was working in the first half was Malik Davis. And then they went away from that. And Emory threw more passes uh, in this game than I think he'd thrown all year, maybe in his Florida career, he threw 36 passes and um, was not great. 14 for 36, 171 yards. He didn't have any turnovers, which we talked about, but um, yeah, a weird called game for Florida and, and, it felt like Florida had some chances in the first half. I was watching my phone. I was kind of following it to, to put some distance between themselves and UCF. And uh, it went to halftime 10 to nine. And uh, you, you let a team that you're more talented than hang around and UCF burn them. And so anyway, thoughts yeah. on the game overall thoughts on um, um, the finish of the season. Okay. Well, you know, first of all, I'm here to stand in the paint. Uh, to own the fact that UCF beat Florida, right? Like this is, we talked about this um, leading into this bowl game. This was not an ideal situation for Florida, a pretty opportune 
um, scenario for UCF to catch Florida. Um, I will say, I don't think that any of Florida's players gave up. I felt like there was effort um, in there that entire game. And I think that that's huge. And I think that's something that coach Napier um, got to see firsthand. And that's something that they can take moving forward. I don't understand a lot of the play calling that happened. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, I hesitate to criticize play calling because I know that those coaches know so much more being in it than we know looking from the outside in. But I don't understand when your running game is having success, why you then get away from that. Like you get a rushing touchdown. You had a great drive where Pierce, you know, really couldn't be stopped. And then you're not going to run the ball at all the previous, the next drive. Like I don't, there's not a lot of logic to that for me. Like if I'm that coaching staff, I just feed Pierce the whole game and you win. Well, it shortens shortens the game. It it also like, Andy Richardson came in the second half against Florida State, and he was not great by any means. He had seven pass attempts, but that's all they needed. Like, they took care of the ball. They shortened the game. They ran with AR and Pierce and Davis in the second half. And, you know, they, you know, I I just didn't really understand that because the running game was working. You know, they weren't blowing UCF out. It was a one point game. No, you give yourself a chance, and then you. You put the ball in Emory's hands, who he has shown who he is and not been a great quarterback. And right. I just didn't understand why yeah, I, I would mean, take what worked, what worked against passing, Florida State would have worked against UCF. Like you you could have kept running the ball. Well, and was working, weird. which is the weirder weird. thing too. It's not like they like yeah. called a few plays, it wasn't successful, so they bailed too early. It literally was successful and they got away from it, which is weirder to me than like not giving something long enough to develop. And, you know, yeah. in terms of the passing game, I think that there's so much blame to go around, right? Emery overthrew so many receivers. He stared his receivers down. He knew who he was throwing to, regardless of how the play played out, which he is, suffered, I think, he suffered most some drops, too. There, it was all the way around. He did. Too. Well, that was what I was getting drops. from there, is yeah. that, like, after like every, you have everything that could go wrong, Emery, did. Any, uh, so many, I mean, there were, we had wide receivers tripping over themselves without anybody even close to them and hitting the ground. Like if you stay on your feet, you catch the ball and you get, uh, you know, first downs, massive yardage, touchdowns, like, you know, whatever. They're just, the offense, the passing game was just atrocious all the way around. And the stuff about Emery, the thing about Emery is he has shown us all season who he is, right? So uh, he needed some help there, right? Like we know he's going to stare down his receivers. We know he's not going to check down. We know he knows what option he's going off, regardless of how the play plays out. So knowing those things about your only option at quarterback, then maybe don't put him in those positions, you know? Like I just run the ball. Uh, your wide receivers have got to make the catches for the balls that do actually get to them. You've got to stay on your feet. You know, they're just as there's blame to go around. I don't, um, special teams once again, were were pretty awful. Um, supposedly Florida used like five of the practices that they're allowed and that's it, which I don't understand because truly the only real benefit to being bowl eligible at six and six is the additional practices. You have so your, the what entire I've, coaching. Go ahead. What I've heard there is what made it tough on Florida is typically Florida is not playing in a pre-Christmas bowl. Sure, they haven't since around. like nineteen eighty so, or something ridiculous. So the big problem is that an entire week of of those potential bowl practices were finals week, and you're not allowed to practice that week. And so, right, you know, right. we always say that oh, it's a big benefit by getting those fifteen extra practices and stuff. But if you play in an early bowl, you have less sure, it's harder. weeks to get that right. done. 
And so I also think that there's the aspect of like Napier was out on the road. And so like how much can it actually get installed in that well, 15 days? Like for so the new system, Napier none was of at, it. right. So like so you're not really installing like new stuff. For the Gator Collective. Go ahead. Well, you're not installing new stuff no matter what. Like you're not. You're just kind of working on your stuff. stuff. And so like completely. how much but do you. But it's a great like, evaluation time for your new staff new who coaches. was there if supposedly like the players that we the players we talked to said there was a lot of coaches there a lot of the time so question here uh, i want to take it into that um what are your thoughts and and i will say this like emory was not great the difference in the game was quarterback play at the end of the day i also don't think okay so napier's guys were cut out for him i'll say like from an overall because i didn't think that you the one place i thought uf would have success and was the running game and like i thought they could just bully you ucf in the trenches i didn't think uf's trenches looked much better than ucf's like i thought it was just kind of average like i thought they were both kind of right there i thought ucf's defensive line absolutely did everything they wanted to against uf's offensive line and i do think that uf had some success in the running game but I, i don't think that like that wasn't an sec level trenches versus a a power a group of five level trenches. i thought they were about even you know, and like, so I don't know. I think that so, I think that it's a bigger rebuild than people think with with Napier this year, coming up the next couple of years. Florida's. Um, so I have some thoughts on that. And for and in regards to the offensive line, Florida has not does not have a great offensive line. They also had some injuries, so already not being a particularly talented group, and then you add injuries into there, you're also being coached by a GA. None of those things are positives, right? Um, right. I think that Florida is going to have to hope that they can pull an offensive line or two, an offensive lineman or two from the transfer portal because truly they haven't recruited enough offensive linemen. And we've talked about this on the show before, but offensive and defensive linemen in high school in general are just your biggest guys that you throw on the line. There are not that many high school programs that really coach and develop offensive and defensive linemen as opposed to the skill players who usually do get a lot more coaching there so when you are recruiting you basically want to oversign offensive and defensive linemen knowing that some of these guys are not going to pan out because you truly don't have any idea how much talent they actually have because they don't usually get real line coaching until they get to college so right. the smart programs the alabamas you know the clemsons places like that Georgia oversign their linemen knowing some of them are busts because line it really is a, a crapshoot. It is a number. You can't have too that, many at that point. It's very different. No, you can't. And it's just very different than like wide receivers and DBs and stuff like that. You can see the true skill level of DBs and wide receivers in high school, much more so than you can with linemen most of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an issue that Florida for sure has to address. Um, Florida will have two offensive line coaches next year, which is something that not that many programs do, but does make sense because, you know, if you're an offensive line coach, you're coaching five guys, whereas in most positions, you're only coaching, uh, you know, uh, two or three guys uh, that are starting. So, uh, you know, that makes sense. But I do think Napier has his work cut out for him. But I think that what we've seen, in the last two coaching staffs with Florida, I guess maybe even, I mean, Muschamp took over for Urban, so he doesn't really count necessarily in this situation. But with McElwain and with Mullen is that they could immediately motivate the guys that were there and win early 
but they didn't sustain sustain success. They didn't build on the program. They were able to take the guys that were there, rally them up, you know, this change of pace, this new, you know, get some new life in there for the very short term, pull off some wins. But I, you know, and I don't know that the short term success is nearly I don't think that that necessarily matters, right? Like what we, what needs to happen and what hasn't happened the last two coaching hires is building for that future is building to sustain a program, not, not sustain a season. Correct. Or two. Correct. Um, That's the big thing is like Mullen came in. Mullen's a good game day coach. Nobody would argue that sure. Napier's a better game day coach than him, but Mullen was able to come in no. and benefit off of pretty good recruiting that McElwain had done. And From McElwain. Almost right. like, and like, McElwain had like, been a good like recruiter, they, but not that great of a game. Not a coach. good. So the big thing is, I think what Mullen did was he was able to build like kind of a facade over it, get you to your six bowls, capitalize on absolutely incredible talent like Pitts and Trask and Tony and guys that went first round. And that foundation isn't there. And sure. I, I think the big thing is like, the, like you said, the right. trenches. Um, if that foundation isn't there, it's hard to sustain, sustain success because you could be like the new flavor, yeah. like, oh man, innovative offense or high scoring, this, sure. that, and the other. And it's easier to have quick success, but is it sustained success? Sure. Are, are you going to be able to continue right. to compete with this, that, and the other? Right, right. And, you know, and so that will be interesting to see. I think that, you know, I've, I've, seen a bunch of stuff on on Twitter saying like they think Napier is going to have success right away because our talent hasn't been used the right way and the talent is there but Mullen was just playing seniority versus playing talent and I just I I so disagree with that line of thought I don't buy that like coaches don't play seniority over talent and and here's the the detriment of their own job that are way more talented they don't at the detriment of their own job they don't and here's the thing there could be more talented guys on the bench but there's usually more to the story i know that to be the case with several players who i for sure will not mention by name at uf but they could not grasp the playbook even if it was dumbed down for them they cannot grasp it so even if you have a guy that has all the talent in the world way more talented than the person starting in front of them if you do not know the offense or you do not know the defense it does not really matter that your raw talent is better. And I think that sometimes as fans, we forget about that aspect. We just get upset that so-and-so is on the bench and, you know, we know they run this and they, you know, do this many reps and they, whatever, they've got to be the more talented player. And maybe they are, don't know your scheme. They aren't going to help your team, but coaches do not put lesser players in games to their own detriment. They just don't. That is not. And so I just, you know, I think that it's just such such a false narrative. And it's annoying, honestly, to me, because that is not in general the case. Now, maybe there are some situations, some very specific situations. Player A is a senior. Player B is a sophomore. And, uh, you know, they're similar talent levels. So we go with the senior. Like, maybe there are a few situations like that but outside right. of but if, uh, but if the guy behind yeah if the guy behind i mean at the end of the day like that's why they have 17 practices a week and you know they do two a days in the summer because they're trying to find right. out who the better player is you know I, every, the most popular guy on the team is always right. a backup quarterback you know jordan travis i i believe sure. uh, you know sure. i wish i had the i wish i had the actual stat on it but i believe jordan travis's record this year at starting quarterback was something like 
six and two, or maybe like six and, or I'm sorry, we won five games, something like five and two, right? I mean, he was the only reason we had a chance in every game we were in, right? Yeah. And the, the other two games we lost that he did start was Notre Dame, we lost by three, and Florida, where he missed three drives that Florida scored on three straight. You know, like the two games he was, he missed, like, if he'd have stayed healthy the whole time, we would have won those two, or at least been in it, right? Like we lost both those games by three to teams that were better than us. Right. So, and people still are like, oh, Jordan Travis ain't right. the guy. And I'm just like, every time he plays, we win. Like Florida State has won um, three, eight, eight games in the Mike Norvell tenure. Jordan Travis has played in all of them. Like it's been him. And the games we lost, he's not played, you know? And so it's just, like you said, the, the backup quarterback is absolutely uh, the most popular guy on the team. I want to get your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on guys that declare for the transfer portal and then play the bowl game? Because that's an interesting one to me. And I'll I'll caveat it by saying this. They did it with Emory and they did it with Copeland. If Emory doesn't play that game, you guys probably lose by 40, right? Like Emory was like – because Anthony was injured. Then you have a guy that's never taken reps playing QB – but just overall, it, it's kind of weird to me that you'd have guys that have already said, I'm leaving your program, yeah. but I'm going to play in this. I, in this I, listen. Yeah, so I don't love it, right, at all. Now, with Emery, I don't think that he had actually entered the portal. He had said he was going to enter the portal. Now, Jacob Copeland actually had entered the portal. Um I look at those two situations slightly differently. Um, I look at Emery as I could be wrong, this guy I, that really took I, the brunt of fans this year. And uh, I could be wrong, but I thought Emery did enter. You, I, I thought he already had entered. I'm frozen on you. Okay. I don't know. I thought he had just said he was going to enter, but he, yeah, you, but I, we're good now. Um, I think that I don't know. I could be wrong on that. I thought he had said he was planning on entering, but hadn't actually like filed the paperwork for it yet. Um, and Copeland had filed the paperwork, but regardless, I feel like he earned the opportunity to play in that bowl game. I feel like the amount of crap he took from fans, from the media, and the way that he handled the two quarterback thing, like he wasn't great this year, right? But like he did what was asked of him. He was he he was in a quarterback controversy the whole year. He never once said anything derogatory. He took crap from fans. He stood in the paint. And I, so I was totally okay with Emory Jones getting to play. I don't love Jacob Copeland playing because I felt like he had so many negative things to say um, between uh, a truly kind of throughout the whole Uh, I think I lost Allie for a minute. Mm, I'll try and carry it for a minute. Now, I I, I kind of get what she's saying. I'll have her jump back in. Oh, there you go. You back? Got me. I think we're good. Um, yeah, go okay. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, here, I don't – I look at the two situations differently. I'm okay with Emery. Uh playing because of the way he handled himself this entire year. I feel like Jacob Copeland has 
kind of consistently made comments on social media. He's made little digs about, you know, wishing he hadn't come to Gainesville. He'd had some things to say all year. Then when Napier was hired, he went on social media and said things, you know, essentially to the effect of Louisiana isn't the SEC. So he's, he, you know, I don't believe he's going to have success here. The stuff that works there isn't going to work here and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, like, and he might be right. Right. But those are not the kind of things that you say in public. I don't think that there was any need to play him. I don't know that he really brought a whole lot to the game anyway, but I would have said, you know, let's go our separate ways. Time for a restart for you. We're good where we are. Um, have a good, you know, rest of your eligibility or whatever. I don't love Jacob Copeland start our playing. I do think maybe it would be different if we basically didn't have an entire coaching staff in the transfer portal during this bowl game too. Like maybe they wouldn't have let him play, but it does look a little hypocritical to have a whole coaching staff. Who's not going to be here the next day coaching, but then say like, Oh, but you're not going to be here tomorrow. So you can't play. Um. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that when you have coaches that, uh, I mean, Billy Napier himself, right? Said that he was leaving for Florida and still coached his conference championship game. So sure. if we let coaches sure. do it, then, you know, we have to, right. I think we have to let kids do it too. I also think whether Emory was officially in the portal or not, um, we all knew that he was transferring. He also, he said he sure. was going to. Sure. So I, you know, sure. it's about the same. But again, I yeah. just think I, the way I, that he handled himself the that. whole season, I was okay with him playing it like I feel like he he earned the right to audition for his next job he might be maybe wishing that he wasn't that he didn't play in it because I don't know that it helped him any but I think it was mutually advantageous for Florida and for Emory Jones to play because otherwise Florida's playing a guy who's never taken a meaningful rep and Emory doesn't have one last opportunity to show what he can do for his next stop so I mean in that uh, situation I don't not playing in that hate case. Right. Well, yeah, no, I think so. And then maybe it was different if, if AR is healthy, right? I probably have a different opinion on that too. But I don't – It uh, like it or not, Emery was Florida's best shot in that game. Yes, I agree with that. If Anthony Richardson would have been healthy, I think they would have started him and they would have told Emery to hit the road because he right. was in the portal or concerned the portal or whatever. Right. Because right. they didn't have an option. I think you have to kind of go with what's – your your best bet there, right? Same reason. Right. But again, a bunch of coaches do this. Dan Lanning's coaching in the college football playoff and taking another job with Oregon, right? right? Like, you know, right. Billy Napier did the same thing, you know? Right. Florida's recruiting yeah. class would be, you know, if he could have hit the trail a week earlier and not coach the conference championship, but coaches wanted, you know, so if coaches can do it, players can do it, you know? So, um, right. but it is weird to me. I'll say that. It is weird yeah. For sure. It's weird to me when coaches, I, I, I don't love that coaches do it either. Say that you're going right. to another team and then, yeah, I get it. Scott Frost did the same thing a couple of years ago. Wanted to coach the, I think the bowl game. Um, it's weird to me. I don't, I'm not saying, yeah, I mean, problem, but it's, it's definitely it's, strange. Like, I think it depends too on the situation. I think when you're moving on to a, like, glaringly obvious better opportunity than than maybe that's received slightly differently too like for instance in the 2008 national championship charlie strong was leaving to become a head coach at texas dan mullen was leaving to become the head coach at mississippi state they coached in the national championship game i don't really think that was a distraction because the players were super excited for these guys to get their very first opportunity to be head coaches um 
And, and these coaches wanted to see through now, granted, this was also before early signing day existed, but these coaches wanted to see through their commitment. So it, it really does depend on the specific situation, I think, but I don't think it's fair to have one role for players and one role for coaches. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of Florida state fans would credit Mark Ricks with why we lost in the national championship to Oklahoma because he left and went on to Georgia. Whereas Dan Lanning is right. leaving Georgia as a coordinator and waiting until after the, uh, after, uh, you know, he gets to Oregon to, to go there. So, right. or after the playoff game or maybe the national championship, if they win to, to go there. So yeah, disappointing to end a Florida season, one that doesn't really matter a ton. A lot of bragging rights for UCF though, because you know, they're not going to let anything go. Yeah. We're literally um, never going to hear the end of this, which is super annoying, but. But at the end of the day, I mean, I thought UCF played just, you know, UCF starting quarterback was out. They had some injuries as well. I thought both teams lined it up and it was an even playing field. And UCF was undoubtedly the better team, you know. And, and yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy that Florida wasn't bought in. I don't buy that the fans were. No, I don't. In. I, I don't think that, that that's the, the case. The, the I think allotment, it... the allotment sold out within two days. So mm -hmm. I think the fans cared. I think the, the yeah. fights on the field and the ejections and everything else. I think the players cared. I just think UCF yeah. was better. The game was essentially meaningless at the end of the day. But right. I do think UCF was better when, when it all kind of lined up and shook out. And I, I thought that that's kind of – I mean, I do think that quarterback came, play is what we both assumed it would come down to, and that's what it came down to. And UCF right. was slightly better. Um, right. And so they ended up winning. They hit on a couple – there were plays that if UF would have hit on, you know, wide open guys running out of the middle of the field, overthrows, drops. Yeah, yeah. could have won this game pretty big. <laughs> but UCF made the plays when they needed to, and, and UF struggled yeah. too. So, all right. Bowl season. Kudos to them. They're probably going to hang a banner. Probably will. Um, bowl season is uh, a crap show right now. Just an yeah. absolute crap show. So many cancellations. So much. Um, so much crap going on right now. Uh, do you hate what's going on with bowl season? I mean, who could love it, right? So I do. I um, I find it interesting that we're having all of these cancellations during bowl season, but not for the regular season. I don't there were know. no cancellations during the season. No, and it is weird. And I know each bowl game kind of has their own little protocol, and a lot of them are more stringent than they have been during the regular season. During the regular season, it depended on the conference. But for uh, I know for the SEC, if your your team was – um, over a certain percentage vaccinated, your team didn't get tested before every game. They got tested if somebody was showing symptoms. And then at that point, only close contacts that weren't vaccinated or also showed symptoms were tested too. Right. So there was kind of less of an opportunity to um, have like half your team asymptomatic but positive because they weren't testing that many people. And I know that there are people out there that that will, that will say, well, that's an irresponsible attitude. But I will point to the fact that there were no major outbreaks on campus, at least that we heard about, all season long, even though that was the protocol all season long. So or from it, games that had 80,000, 90,000 people at them. Right. So let me throw right. that in It was well. not something that really played out in the way that we were kind of afraid it could play out in the beginning of the season. Um you know, I just, it's, it is wild to me, um, the way that this is, is going down. I really hope that the playoffs are not affected at all. It's interesting the play, the way.
I may have lost you again. You want to jump out and jump back in? Uh, just shot Allie a message. I'll have her jump out and jump back in. We're struggling with internet issues. We we both have Spectrum. And so I wish you guys, if you're watching this or listening to this, I wish you'd at them on Twitter. Um, to let them know that they absolutely suck this week. Um, but yeah, I'll keep going for it. The opt-outs absolutely suck. Um, you know, bowl season, we've, you know, I think two years ago, Allie and I, I, I think I'll wait for her to get back in. But, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, the opt-outs, you know, and how much they screw things up and how much they kind of impact bowl season. But we debated whether or not we thought that, um, whether or not we thought that uh, March Madness or bowl season was better. And I don't think there's any way you could say that bowl season is better than March Madness right now. Like there are no, it doesn't seem like there are any good bowls. It doesn't seem like, Anybody stays in the bowls that, you know, instead of opting out, um, I think that bowl season is a disappointment at this point. I, I, I don't – I mean, even last year, right, you had a, a Florida offense that was one of the most prolific Florida offenses ever, coming down from a lot of great offenses, and going up against an Oklahoma team, and then you have your best players opt out. And yeah. You, and the game just sucks, you know? Like, so even the big bowls, right? Like, Utah plays Ohio State. That game might be good. Like, yeah. that's kind of the one I'm trying to hang my hat on. But, I mean, look at the other bowls. I mean, yeah, we cared about the UCF-UF one because we both have reasons to care about that. I mean, nobody outside of that. That was terrible quarterback play. It was terrible <laughs> football in general. Yeah, it was you not know, football. You, it was – there were fights and ejections and everything. Like, yeah. Nobody cared about that outside of do you, I mean, do you care about Clemson or Iowa State? Do you care about Oregon, Oklahoma? That's I care one that maybe if, that maybe, if, just, maybe if Oregon, maybe if Oregon, Oklahoma, like if both teams like care, that'll be a fun one. I mean, maybe yeah. that'll be a fun one. Pittsburgh, Michigan, Michigan State in the Peach Bowl. I'm hoping that's fun on Thursday night. Like, I'm hoping that some of these other games are fun. Penn State, Arkansas. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Like I don't know Utah, Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Like I'm, I'm holding out hope for that one. That yeah. that one will be good. Baylor, Ole Miss could be a ton of offense in that one. Hopefully yeah. that'll be good. But, I mean, it all just kind of comes out of play. Uh, the rest of the bowls, man. Like the bowls just kind of suck. So I, the reason I like the bowls is because I feel like I get one last like mega dose of football before it goes on hiatus for, you know, eight months, and so I try and kind of soak up just the last of it um, because I love college football, but the playoffs have totally ruined bowl season, which used to be super exciting and uh, you know, worth watching. So, uh, you know, and then COVID has added a whole nother element as, as well. So it's not as fun as it used to be. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I've been banging this drum. I've been beating this drum. I think the answer is to do a 16 team playoff. And then yeah. you know that your top 16 teams are not going to have any opt-outs. 
Right. And if you have 16 teams, that is 15 games, right? Because you got to have 15 losers. So there's 15 games between right. those 16 teams. Right. And you would at least be guaranteed 15 good games, right? Right. And to me, that's better than the – we probably started with, what, 35 games – and 10 are going to get canceled. So you got 25 games. Yeah. You'll probably have 10 good ones. Yeah. Five elite ones. And then a bunch that suck. Just give me 15 good games. Like if that's what it takes, take it, do a 16 team playoff. Guarantee that one through 16, nobody's going to opt out. Yeah. You do some buys. Like I wouldn't do 16 versus one. I wouldn't make Alabama play four times or whatever. Right. Do some buys to where it's, you know, 16 versus five. Six versus 15, seven versus 14. And you play some of those, like, yeah, give me the give me the top 10 teams versus some middle of the road teams. And let's roll with that. We get no opt-outs. We get games we'll enjoy. 16 right. team playoff day tomorrow. Like <laughs> Listen, that's what I want. <laughs> I hate the idea of an expanded playoff, but I totally think your point is valid. I don't think that there's 16 teams good enough. I don't even think there's four teams that are really worth figuring out yeah. in the playoffs. But if it's the only way we have left at this point to make bowl season relevant, I could probably be talked into getting on board. BCS honestly was the best, most successful thing that we have. I honestly think that it's really hard to argue that there's, I don't think it's, I think it's four teams. I think it's really hard to argue that there's anybody deserving past spot number four, but Um, I think I lost Allie one more time. No, I agree with that. I think that there are not four teams that are worth. Um... All right. Oh, well, I think I'm back. I don't know if TJ is. Our internet has been giving us massive issues Terrible. today. Spectrum is killing us. We like. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I Am can I hear you. Yeah, you're back. No, I. But I agree with you on that. Like, there are not four teams that are worthy of a national championship. Right. But, if that's the case, then we just if that's the only way we good get a good then we need to just eliminate bowl season. Like bowl season just sucks at this point. <laughs> if you're not gonna make it a, a bigger playoff to make the bowl right. season better, then just get rid of it. Like I I just it's worthless. It's nobody cares. Yeah. If you made it a bigger playoff, people would care again. Yeah. I'm fighting for this hard. Um thoughts on the playoff. You you do you think we're getting a rematch? Yeah. Um I um I think that we're getting a rematch. I think that the Georgia-Michigan game is much more of a crapshoot than Alabama-Cincinnati. Um, but I think more than likely we're getting a rematch. So, I mean, I don't – I think Alabama kills Cincinnati. I don't – I – and this is the worst Alabama team we've sen seen in 10 years, but I still think that they kill them. I think um, – I think I Michigan – the worst we've seen in 10 years, but I do think this Alabama team has gotten better as the season's gone on. I, I will think they say play that. up or down to their competition, and their competition has gotten better towards the end of the season. Um, so, I, I mean, I I think uh, I I think that they're going to win because I think they're totally capable of of you know playing to where they need to be to get the job done. And I think it's going to be hysterical because they're going to beat Georgia a second time in the same season, and Georgia's going to walk away without a championship in their conference or a national title. And I'm gonna do love you, it. um, do you, would you prefer, like, do you, you cheer for the SEC? Like you want Alabama and Georgia to yeah, win? I do. 
Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. What was what did we talk about UF's best win of the year? Was it the three point win against five and seven FSU or the two point loss to Alabama? I mean, the win against FSU is good because it's a rival, right? I don't celebrate moral victories, but I, you know, the team that's this is part of the reason that I don't know that I think that the, this team is as big of a rebuild as maybe some people think that it is, is that this team hung with the team that's going to be our eventual national champion. And I, so if we continue to get better pieces to the puzzle and, uh, you know, game day coaching, at the very least, same word is, it'd be awesome if some of these position coaches did an even better job than Florida had done at certain position coaches last season. But I don't think it's as big of a rebuild because of that. But no, I'm not counting a loss as our best win of the season. I know. I was trying to give you a hard time. I know. Um, I mean, you know, there's probably a bigger discussion to be had there than, you know, does that make the rest of the season even more disappointing? But, you know, I won't make you absolutely like just slit your wrist on this show tonight. Right. So, um, yeah, I've got Alabama and Georgia. I do think – now, call me a sucker here. I, I think Alabama wins, but I we'll talk about the national championship on next week's show. Yeah. I think Alabama wins the national championship, but I think it's closer than yeah. the SEC championship was. I think yeah. that – I think that we talked about this last week. Georgia went for like 450 plus yards on Alabama. Um, I thought they played a decent game. Yeah. Not great. Um, but I thought that there were three drives in the second half where Georgia, um, there were two that Georgia got down into the red zone and turned the ball over. And then the very next drive after that was a pick six. Right. And so. Alabama made the plays when they had to. I'm not saying sure. Georgia was like right there, but sure. if if Georgia like flips the script on just like two of those plays, they win the game. Right. So you know, I, think so I thought the closer. game was closer than 17 points or whatever well, it ended up. But I still think Alabama wins. But I think they win by like seven. I yeah, don't think they I, win by 17. I think it will be closer. I mean, the, the Georgia has longer to prepare for it. Um, this is not an excuse, and I think that Georgia obviously should always be ready to play. But Georgia was in a position at the SEC championship game where regardless of the outcome, they were going to the playoffs. And so I think that there's a possibility that that was in the back of their minds too. This is for the national championship. This is for everything that you guys have been working for. This is to get the 1980 off your back. So – um, uh, you know, I can see this being a much closer game. I hope so because we need not to have blowouts in national championship games because that's not yeah. fun. Last year's was not fun at all. Like, yeah, you know, blew out Ohio State. It wasn't close. The game sucked. I like yeah. those Clemson Alabama battles that like always went down to the last play. Like, give me one of those, and I yeah. don't care who wins. I know you'd prefer Alabama to win, but just give me a good game. Like, right. I, I'd love Cincinnati one. I mean, I know you want the SEC to win and stuff, but like, yeah, I mean, I'd love – I mean, would you rather – okay, serious question. I mean, do you just want to see Alabama beat them by, like, 50? Or would you rather see a good game that Cincinnati gets an upset? Like, no, I'd, I'd rather, rather see, see Alabama being beaten by 50. No, I mean, I'd rather see a good game. I like I like competitive football. Like, I like – yeah. I like enjoy, like, I like not knowing what's going to happen next. You know, yeah. game where they're up by 50 – I just got to watch that. You know, it's boring and I'm on my phone and I'm not paying attention. So right. Like, I don't know. Like, I'd love and I mean, I, I like Alabama. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Right. Like, that's kind of my SEC team that I'd prefer to win because 
in my opinion, if the status quo just kind right. of stays, then other teams aren't getting in there and mixing it up. But right, I mean, I'd like to see an upset at some point. You know, right. how great of a story would it be for Cincinnati to beat Ohio? Uh, you know, Alabama. Alabama. I mean, it, it would be a cool story. I don't think that's going to happen. I think your good game is going to be the Georgia-Michigan game. I think that is going to be a great game. I think that's going to be a battle. Um, both teams have really, really good defenses. Um, that is the game that I'm more excited to watch um, because I'm pretty convinced the first one's going to be a blowout. So here's what I want. Okay. I want – this would be a Christmas present to me. I want – Cincinnati, Alabama to be closer than Georgia, Michigan. Okay. That's what I want. Now, even if that just means that, like, it's like a 10-point game and Georgia wins by 12. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, I want that game to be closer. That way, we get two good games, not just one. Right. There's nothing worse than, like, when Alabama plays Michigan State and wins by 30 or plays, you know, Oregon and wins by 100. Like, those games suck. Like, just give me a good game. Right. All the other bowls are getting canceled. Like, can we just get better there? So, yeah. Anyway. um, All right. I think that's all I got. We've been on for like 45 minutes. We didn't want to go an hour tonight. Didn't have enough to talk about. Internet be damned. We found a way to get through this. Um, Unlike Florida, who ends up with a losing record just like us. Um, But we'll be back next week to talk about the national championship, to talk about what we assume will be an all-SEC national championship watch it be michigan Cincinnati just to screw with us uh, right who is tuning into that like who's watching that national i mean i'm gonna tune in I mean, and watch it, know, but like, the lie. numbers will be yeah the numbers will be way but down. it's not gonna be because um, my house didn't watch so anyway we will talk to you guys next week hopefully twitter will bring back the comments soon so that we can interact with you guys during the show but until next time go Knowles.